0: you're listening to spec script today's episode twin peaks written by kevin arnold okay
1: cool uh, well then without further ado uh I guess we're going to get Specscript started, babies. Let's get your hosts up here. You just saw them say hello again. Are ready to
0: start Specscript? (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Uh, Okay. so uh, let us move these tables. And as we do that, we will tell you what Specscript is. That's right. So Specscript is a podcast on the River City Podcast Federation uh, that is pretty, pretty cool. And it's this, the idea is, what if somebody wrote an episode of a TV show that they have never seen? Uh, Kyle and I give them the littlest amount of information so that... That's right. Frasier has Fraser. fraser has got a phrase. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Big Bang Theory's got a bazing. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty much <laughs> it. Yeah. That's all they um, get. And today, we are doing... Twin, Twin Peaks! <laughs> That's right. Written by Kevin M. Arnold to Whoa. celebrate the end of season three of Twin Peaks last week. Yeah. Anybody,
2: the watching? Beginning.
0: Let's talk about it later. Right. We're already gonna. But don't worry. You don't need to have seen Twin Peaks uh, to like this. The Be- writer hasn't. Yeah, exactly. So don't worry about it. And like, if you ask David Lynch, no one's seen Twin Peaks. Has anyone really seen Twin Peaks? Uh, no. <laughs> Think uh, about it. So uh, today's episode is written by Kevin Arnold. That's right. Uh, Give him a big round of applause, please. Kevin, come to the stage. Come up. Give it up for Kevin Arnold, the real champ, everybody. Uh, The uh, people's champ. Okay. uh, um, And uh, let's just bring up the entire cast. Cast, get your butt up here now. Cast, get those cute butts on the stage. So, what we're going to have all of our performers do is tell you their names, uh, which is like, you're like, yeah, we know who they are, we can see them, but our podcast listeners can't. Uh, Yeah, think about the podcast, idiots. Uh, (laughs) So, they will, (laughs) they will tell you their name, the role they're playing, and then uh, they will tell you how they like their coffee, because uh, Twin Peaks loves its coffee, Uh, just like our president loves his covfefe, (laughs) All right, Chris is fired, Ooh. so let's get on the line. Bye. Okay, so uh, I will start, and then I'll hand this mic out to somebody. I'm Chris Hottamy. I am not really in this, but I am playing the role of vaguely foreign businessmen. Woo. So, spoiler alert, oh no, I'm playing the role of 12 foreign, vaguely foreign businessmen. <laughs> That's right. So I need to get that number right. And I like my coffee decaffeinated, because I'm disgusting.
3: What?
4: I'm Lucia Fasano, um, and I like my co- uh, coffee to be tea, which uh, in uh, sachets.
1: Hey,
5: I'm Michael Garcia. I am playing uh, Mr. Palmer, and I like my coffee often because I um, like to be wired.
1: Uh, my name is Muhannad al-Sheikhi, and I'm playing Dale. And I like my coffee uh,
5: free uh, because I do stand-up comedy and I'm super broke. <laughs> uh, I'm Robbie. I'm going to be reading uh, both as Server and Truman. And, uh, and coffee's nuts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Carolyn Maine, and I'm cool because I take my coffee black but I'm uncool because I take it flavored.
6: (laughs) I'm Michelle Martinez. Uh, I'm going to be playing Mrs. Palmer, and I like my coffee with some half and half.
5: Uh, I'm Kevin Arnold. I am also playing the vaguely foreign (laughs) businessman, and I like my coffee black with sugar. It's not really funny. Sorry,
0: Mark.
7: (laughs) My name is Mark. I am the narrator, and I am English, so I only drink tea.
0: Uh, my name is Kyle. I think that I'm also playing one of the vaguely foreign businessmen. Um, and I like my coffee black, like my metal. Um,
5: and,
0: and I don't know that it was mentioned, but Lucia Pisano is playing the lawn lady in this episode. If that wasn't immediately All right, let's get ready to start. Next
7: Scene one. Open on the small, sleepy town of Twin Peaks, Washington. Horrible synth music (laughs) plays as we enter. A surreal town in the Pacific Northwest where people eat pie and young women are murdered. (laughs) Murdered, you may ask? To which I, the narrator, reply, yes, murdered dead. (laughs) I would then follow up my reply with another question. Who killed Laura Palmer? To answer that question comes an outsider to the community, FBI agent Dale Cooper, a man who fits in this town very well because he also likes pie. (laughs) Let's join him in the diner now. Welcome to Twin Peaks
5: Diner. Just one for lunch? I'm not here for lunch. I'm here for justice. (laughs) I'm sorry, uh, we don't serve that during lunch. Um, Can I answer you anything else? Coffee and dessert? I like the looks of the pie over there. Can you tell me what kind it is? Well, from pop culture context clues, I think it might be cherry pie. <laughs> is it damn good pie? Uh, it may be damn fine. I'm not sure. Uh, but people misquote things all the time. <laughs> Sounds perfect. I'll have one of those then. Uh,
1: one, one pie or one slice of pie? Hey. I'm the big important FBI boy around here. I'll ask the questions. Now, do I want a slice or an entire pie?
7: Well, uh, you want both. Sold. (laughs) Coffee too, please. The server locks eyes with FBI agent Dale Cooper and moves down the counter to cut a slice of pie, plate it, pour coffee, gather cream and sugar, and place it in front of him. After that, she moves into the kitchen and bakes an entire new pie from scratch, kneading the dough, reducing a cherry-filling compote, the whole thing, all while keeping eyes locked with FBI agent Dale Cooper. An hour later, she places the fresh hot pie in front of him, and he digs into his stale slice and now incredibly cold coffee. How is it? I
1: said I'd be the one asking questions.
7: That's right.
5: Tell me about your experience eating that cold slice of pie. It's damn good pie.
7: Fine. It's
5: damn fine pie.
7: Good. (laughs) At this point, an old-timey sheriff walks in, introducing himself as Sheriff Truman. He has a mustache and spurs and a big old ten-gallon hat with tassels and everything. He's definitely a sheriff. Uh, hello, I'm Sheriff
5: Truman. You must be FBI agent Dale Cooper.
7: Sensing that he's about to engage with a new person for a while, FBI agent Dale Cooper unhinges his jaw and shoves the scalding hot fresh cherry pie into his face by the fistful. (laughs) Cherry filling and pie juice splash everywhere, leaving scorch marks and burning holes in the countertop and floor much like Xenomorph blood from the Alien movie franchise. <laughs> Sheriff Truman waits, smiling, while all this happens. He is a patient man. FBI agent Dale Cooper chugs the last of his coffee and continues.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm, a, I'm FBI agent Dale Cooper. I've been called in for some unexplained reason to help investigate a local murder.
5: Is that right? Uh, correct. Local teen, Laura Palmer, was recently found murdered. And we're plum stumped on this one. Um, Thought we'd bring in a ringer. Some nice-looking, cocky city boy with all kinds of smartiness. You seem to fit the mold. Thank you. My affections are purposely
1: prominent. And I'm perfectly pleased you picked up on that. Can we get out of... This damn fine restaurant and serve up some justice.
5: Tuesday, as a server. Excuse me?
7: I forgot to tell you earlier, that's when we serve justice here. It's on Tuesdays. (laughs) FBI agent Dale Cooper slams down his fistful of ones, peels himself off the seat he's been on for hours, and grabs Sheriff Truman by the hand, interlocking their fingers. Damn good grip you've got there, Agent Dale Cooper damn fine (laughs) (laughs) they walk out the door end of scene one scene two fbi agent dale cooper and sheriff truman walk through the forest discussing the case every few feet fbi agent dale cooper stops and writes down a note or draws a sketch of a bird or other prominent object in his field of view
5: uh, so I heard you were a big, important FBI boy
7: who, uh, who likes to ask questions. Anything
5: you want to know about the case? As a, as a matter of fact, yes. First question. Did you kill Laura Palmer? <laughs> uh, I'm not positive. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go with no uh, because I'm not sure I would have assigned myself to this case if I had. Um, I'm a very particular type of guy and I wouldn't want to solely an investigation like that.
1: Noted. <laughs> Who do you least suspect?
5: Oh, boy. Well, uh, there's a large group of shady Japanese businessmen in town for a convention or something. Um, I doubt they'd have anything to do with this. <laughs> but uh, but everyone else in town is definitely a suspect.
1: Even her parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you take me to them?
5: Oh, uh, you know, that's where we're heading now. To the crime scene by the lake, they found her body and see... Uh, there they are now. Why are they here? Didn't they pull the body out days ago? Uh, they're adhering to our local transitions of fasting by the crime scene for 681 days and uh, only sleeping when crows are nearby. <laughs> Strange tradition. And the maroon...
7: ...the
1: large... Lord. suits.
7: Yeah. Also part of the tradition. <laughs> FBI agent Dale Cooper and Sheriff Truman walk up to Mr. and Mrs. Palmer, who are taking turns crying while the other uses a very particular kind of swish stopwatch to time out 49 second intervals in which to cry during. It's all very David Lynchian. And if you don't get it, you're obviously the one lacking in something. And it has nothing to do with pretentiousness at all. God damn it, Kevin. You're just not hip, so stop trying. Salutations, I'm FBI
1: agent Dale Cooper and you must be the Palmers.
6: (laughs) That that is correct. You can call me
1: Hildago. (laughs) Uh, Jesus. Well, excuse me for a second while I try to read this. Uh, The education system failed me. Thanks, former President Obama. Uh, Like the Viggo Mortensen movie. Close enough. And this is my wife. Let me guess, Flicka?
6: Nice guess, but no, I'm being interrupted. Biscuit. (laughs) No.
5: Secretariat?
6: What? No! Black Beauty? Hidalgo! We've been married for 20 years. No, all of you, stop guessing. My Christian name, given to me at birth, is now and always has been Spirit Stellion of (laughs) the Cimarron. That's right. I knew it was something like that.
1: Well, I'm sorry to meet two lovely people over such horrifying circumstances, but do you mind if I ask you some questions about the death of your daughter, Laura?
7: At, at this, Hidalgo Palmer breaks down crying, and Spirit pulls out the very specific Swish stopwatch and starts a counter at 49 seconds.
1: Truman, is that part of the tradition around here too?
5: Ah, uh, yes. Well, the crying is. Uh, the stopwatch thing is new.
1: Mrs. Palmer, do you know of anyone who would have some kind of beef with Laura? Maybe someone who would harm her?
6: I'm not sure. Everyone in this town is. This town is kind of wacky. But not like fun-wacky, more (laughs) sad-wacky. If that makes sense?
1: It doesn't.
6: (laughs) Well, there's the log lady. She's weird because she carries around and talks to a piece of wood for no reason. I seem to recall Laura and her getting into it the day before the murder.
1: Getting into it? What exactly does that mean?
6: Laura kept singing the log song from the Ren and Stimpy show at her just to make her upset.
1: Why would she want her upset?
6: Oh, uh, Laura was just really petty and mean. She probably deserved to die.
1: <laughs> Suspicious of you, her mom, uh, to say or feel that. What about you, Mr. Pal- Palmer? Anyone you can think of that would want to hurt your daughter?
5: Oh, I can think of loads of people she pissed off. She was just awful. We did a really bad job raising her.
6: But honestly, I'd say check out Bob.
5: Bob's the mixed up in all of this. That tracks. Who's Bob? Depending on who you ask, Bob is either a demon from hell and he lives in a pit of fire outside of town. What if I
1: ask someone else?
5: <laughs> they might tell you that Bob is an alien from outer space and that he lives in a crashed spaceship also outside of town.
1: And what reason would Bob have to kill Laura? Um, Demon alien? The (laughs) doy. Sheriff Truman? Those are some damn fine leads.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Who should we visit first? Eh, Probably the log lady, since she lives outside of town. I thought Bob lived outside of town. We all do. Uh, See, no one actually lives in (laughs) Twin Peaks. It's wacky, but like, sad wacky.
7: (laughs) I see. End of scene two. (laughs) (laughs) Scene three. FBI agent Dale Cooper and Sheriff Truman pull up to a log cabin in the woods and get out of the car. The cabin, the porch furniture, the mailbox, the lawn ornaments, light fixtures, and everything are all made of logs. A woman carrying a log meets them out front, flecks of bark around her mouth, sawdust in her hair, and wood slivers covering most of her body. If a tree were to fall in love with a human being, this lady would be the person. <laughs>
1: uh salutation on FBI.
7: Uh.
4: FBI agent Dale Cooper, yes. I was told you were coming to ask questions about the death of Laura Palmer.
1: Uh, very good, uh, who told you?
4: Bob told me.
7: At the mention of Bob's name, Sheriff Truman pulls out his gun and looks around. Mm-hmm.
1: Bob, is he here? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought that, like me, You're a big, important sheriff boy. (laughs) Why are you scared of Bob all of a sudden? Uh, demon, alien,
5: da doy.
4: Bob told me through my log here.
5: Ah, uh, possessed log. He's a demon.
4: (laughs) No, no, Bob called on the phone. My log just happened to be closer to it and answered. (laughs)
1: Noted. Uh, So, may I ask, did you recently have a public confrontation with Laura Palmer?
4: Correct. She recently hired the school marching band to stand in my yard and play the log song from Ren and Stimpy for nine hours straight.
1: And you're not a fan of Ren and Stimpy?
4: I liked the first season. (laughs) But it never really stuck with me after John Crickfalusi was forced off his own show. (laughs) The log didn't like it either. That's beside the point. I just hated the same song being played for nine hours straight at me.
1: That makes sense. Uh, Would you murder her
5: over it? Of course she wouldn't admit to that.
4: Oh, I definitely planned on murdering her over it. Sadly, someone else got to her before we could beat her to death with log.
5: Oh, well, that was unexpected. Um, Should we arrest her for confessing to plan a murder? Nah. (laughs) Let's
7: go to Bob's. (laughs) End of scene three. Scene four. FBI agent Dale Cooper and Sheriff Truman pull up to a big flame-filled pit with a UFO sticking out of it. The souls of the damned can be heard from deep within the pit, while strange technological noises emit from the spaceship from time to time. Bob stands out front on a well-manicured patch of lawn. He's taking care of some flowers.
3: Mm-hmm. FBI agent Dale Cooper, I heard you and Sheriff Truman were asking around town about the death of that Laura Palmer chick.
1: Uh, you heard correctly, Mr...
3: Uh... Uh, Bob is fine. It's what you humans can wrap your head around.
1: Now, uh, when you refer to us as humans, is that in reference to
3: alien thing yeah yeah
1: and do you think you can clear any of that up for that two of us at all
3: (laughs) no i'd prefer to remain vague it's how i lord my mental superiority over others huh
5: is there something you need to add sheriff oh i just realized i don't have any lines in this scene
7: (laughs) oh then you can go sit in the car if you'd like fair enough Sheriff Truman saunters back to the car, spurs a-jangling, and can be seen waiting patiently in the passenger side of the car for the rest of the scene. <laughs> so why would you want to kill Laura
1: Palmer, Bob?
3: I wouldn't want to kill Laura Palmer.
1: Oh, what? <laughs> then why do people keep implying that you would be involved?
3: Honestly? It's probably the whole demon-alien thing. People just assumed that my fingers were in all the damn fine evil pies around here.
1: (laughs) Well, shit. (laughs) You are one of the few leads I was given. Is there any way you can help me out here? Lead me in the right direction if you
7: could. I
3: think I might have a plan.
7: Bob reaches out of frame and grabs the log lady's log (laughs) and quickly knocks FBI agent Dale Cooper out with it. Fade to black. End scene four. Scene five. The camera fades in from black to a creepy room with black and white floors and red curtains. (laughs) FBI agent Dale Cooper is sitting in an ornamental chair that is upholstered with red suede cushions. Next to him, there's a very specific table with a very specific kind of lamp on it. (laughs) Next to that, there's a couch that matches the chair. As FBI agent Dale Cooper comes to, a small man walks across the room toward him.
1: Hey, aren't you that actor that played Samson's on that severely underweighted HBO television series, Carnival?
7: (laughs) The little person responds in a strange backwards language that confuses both FBI agent Dale Cooper and the audience. Reminding them that just because something is groundbreaking, new, and genius, that it's not necessarily good. They hold the entire conversation, looking everywhere but at each other, you know, to add to the surrealism. Backwards, 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 backwards.
0: Huh.
1: I guess I should be following all of the clues I've learned along the way instead of just going from lead to lead. I failed as a big, important FBI boy who asked all the right questions.
5: Backwards, 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 backwards. Huh.
1: That's important to keep in mind, too. Laura Palmer was a piece of shit person, and it could have been some kind of reactionary thing, a crime of passion by a previously unreported person.
5: Backwards, 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 backwards.
1: Or someone we're drilling off with an all right alibi and no specific motivations we know of. Backwards. <laughs> ah, I figured it out. Thank you so much, random guy in a dream sequence. You've really blown the lid of the case for me. I hope the dream sequence holds up as a vi- uh, viable evidence.
7: Bob, if you can hear me, I need to come back. Are you there? All of a sudden, Bob opens up the red curtain to reveal that they are back in the diner. Everyone is there, milling about as if there were a meet and greet after some kind of town council meeting.
1: Okay, attention, everybody. I've figured out the circumstances revolving around the ultimately death of local teen, Laura Palmer.
3: You did it! I knew Samson could help you figure it out. Backwards. Uncalled for That's private <laughs> talk between you and me For later times only How dare you bring that up and mix company What would your family think? Ba- backwards? Mm.
5: Get a room you two
1: Jeez Okay back to the matter at hand
6: Our baby? Yes our beautiful shitty Mean nobody really liked her baby
1: <laughs> Who killed her? No one
6: You mean our baby is still alive?
1: No, I mean she was never actually your baby.
6: The
4: log and I are both wondering what that means, as I'm sure the other people in this room have gathered here for the express purpose of you telling us about the death of local teen Laura Palmer. Please tell us.
1: Okay, when I finally did start putting the clues together, you know, from the drawings and notes that I was taking, The ones the narrator mentioned earlier in the episode. All the information from those notes started piling up and all facing one direction nobody had looked before. Damn it, man, tell us. She never was Laura Palmer. The person you knew as Laura Palmer was actually Cheryl. Cheryl Winston (laughs) of 3495 Skyview Boulevard, Westlake, Tennessee. She had been posing as Laura for 17 years in hopes of inheriting fake father's house, which she knew was smack dab in the middle of a big land grab by Japanese businessmen. When they finally got wind of her her plans, they hired some sort of assassin to bump her off. Wait,
5: the vaguely foreign
7: businessmen uh, in town for a convention or whatever? The very same. (laughs) FBI agent Dale Cooper gestures over to a table behind them where there are vaguely foreign businessmen dressed in cloaks and monocles cackling over a shared steak tartare. In unison, they all speak.
0: Yes, we are vaguely foreign businessmen. My wife! (laughs) Just foreign, my wife. (laughs) Very nice. It's nice. Very Very amusing amusing. FBI FBI agent Dale Dale Cooper. Cooper We exactly thought we'd bury this conspiracy, conspiracy so very so deep, deep that we'd we get, get away, away with, with it even, even more filthy rich than we already it are. It's
7: nice.
0: Yeah, and you have <laughs> been cover <laughs> the no day. time. Day. No time at all. This, this is, is very vexing. vexing. We, we need you on our side. Our side. side, or, else our side. <laughs> uh, or else this may happen again. <laughs> Please come and join us as we conquer the West, of the Pacific Northwest with, With land deals and, and other various forms of corruption. corruption. My wife! <laughs>
7: All twelve of them reach their hands out to FBI agent Dale Cooper to absorb him into their swirling mass. But he slaps twelve fresh pairs of handcuffs on them instead and starts reading them their rights.
0: Oh, oh no! We would gotten gotten away away with it too (laughs) if it wasn't for your log and spirit stallion of the Cimarron.
5: That's some damn good police work. Fine. (laughs) That's some damn fine police work. Good.
7: (laughs) The end.
0: stage, Mark the Movie Man, host of the Movie Quiz at the Hollywood Theater, give it up for Kevin Arnold, (laughs) Michelle Martinez, (laughs) Carolyn Main, Robbie Pankow, Mohamed (laughs) Elshiki, Michael Garcia, Lucia Fasano, one of your hosts, Kyle McCormick, your other host Chris Hottamy, Uh, host of Triple PW Wrestling, Shane Hosey, free of uh, Triple BW, uh, Lydia Manning. That's right. Uh, Keep it going also for your door person, Shannon Hunt, and the man up in there. Uh, Give it up for Brian. A couple things, a couple little things. Uh, first of all, uh, I need an ending point for the podcast, so follow us on uh, at, at Twitter. Um, at, follow uh, us at Twitter. At SpecScript Show. Like us on Facebook at SpecScript. Review us on iTunes. Listen to us so you can hear your laughs forever. Uh, We're on the River City Podcast Federation. Uh, and uh, give yourselves a round of applause. Expert. Come to Kelly's Olympian on December 10th for Downton Abbey, written by me, as a special birthday show for me. Hello, Governor. Cheerio.
2: Hello, friends. My name is Dan Weber, and I run a podcast called Reading the Bible with Dan, America's number one most irreverent heretical look at America's most revered book Uh, if you want to know more about the Bible you've never don't want to bother reading it and I don't fucking blame you a bit listen to my podcast we'll go through it line by line and you'll hear all you'll ever fucking need to know about that tragically terrible fucking piece of literature so come on Maybe, you know, we'll talk about shit. We'll talk about the Bible. I'll tell stories. It'll be fucking fantastic, guys. Also, it's vulgar as shit, so if strong language bothers you, go fuck yourself. Anyway, uh, my podcast, Reading the Bible with Dan, learn about the Bible in the only way I can imagine doing it, which is having some foul-mouthed 47-year-old scream shit about it while you do. Uh, Tune in. See you then. Bye. City Podcast Federation.